Jan! Hello kay Jan! Mga kamusta? Mga kamusta? Wala na. Sablay na pagpasok pala. Ito, ito, ito. Marami tayong pag-usapan today, guys. Sorry, hindi tayo nag-dehydrate. Uh, <laughs> Actually, initially, gusto kong pag-usapan itong game natin tomorrow. Basketball for the G. For the Golden Sana tayo tomorrow. Hoping, uh, wishing the best for Gilas, Pilipinas. But let's leave that for tomorrow. No, I, I was hoping siguro ang gagawin namin bukas is we'll do a pre-game kind of analysis and then we'll do a post-game analysis. Kasama din natin yung mga tao na may konting alam naman sa basketball. No, So we're gonna talk about that. But today, I just wanted to go back to itong mga latest developments since the release of the Pulse Asia survey, which in many ways has been nothing short of a political earthquake because ang situation na meron tayo ngayon is we have a president who got more votes or more votes and at the same a greater share of votes than any Filipino president in recent memory. The last time we got someone who won close to 60% of the votes was ano pa, panon pa ni Marcos Sr. No? Depending on how you're gonna count whether valid yung re-election niya in the late 1960s or not. Mahabang usapan yan. I discussed the details of that dun sa isang Journal of Democracy article ko about the return of the Marcos dynasty. But anyway, for someone who won close to 6% of the, 60% of the votes to have an approval rating of just over 60% with margin of error of plus or minus 3 to 5, medyo alanganin yan. So that means the president actually right now has an approval rating which is far lower than both President Benigno Aquino, who was at this point in his presidency at around 77% approval rating, and also lower than President Digong, who was at around 80% approval rating at this point in time. So clearly, clearly, by all indications, the honeymoon is over. No, uh, I think there were some people who thought that since an laki ng panalo ng 2022 elections, the honeymoon will be as long as the honeymoon of Digong. Kasi kung titignan natin si Digong, ang haba ng honeymoon niya, no? Ang taas ng approval rating niya. The only time that he saw a significant or double-digit decrease in his numbers was during the Kian de los Santos, of course, mass up, uh, you know, nationwide uproar. But we saw that immediately Duterte tried to damage control by meeting the family members, suspending the, uh, the operations, the, the, the Tokang operations, at least temporarily, and, and, and doing his best to appease, no? Uh, mga taong bayan to reassure them, investors, Filipinas, etc. So, but through and through, Digong was able to maintain very high approval ratings. Ito nga, second year pa lang, heading pa lang into first, second quarter of second year, we see a significant double-digit decrease in the numbers of both the number one and the number two, of course. Number one had 15% drop in his numbers in the first half of September. Uh, maybe the numbers are slightly better or not by the second half of September. And then the number two in the country, Sara Duterte, had an 11 point. Uh, drop in her numbers uh, Not as much as BBM Because katulad ng na-analyze na natin Earlier this week Si BBM kasi ang laki nung drop niya 29% if I'm, if I'm not mistaken Among Class E Ito yung mga pinakamahirap natin At underprivileged natin ng mga kababayan At of course, silang pinakapektado no? Doon sa uh, pagtaas ng presyo Ng mga basic na bilhin no? Especially bigas no? So even a single peso increase Can have significant impact On their livelihood And everyday quality of life Okay, Sara, of course, we didn't see as much decrease in her numbers among Class E, but both Sara Duterte and, and BBM saw significant drops, both, I think, above 20%, 22%, if I'm not mistaken, in the case of BBM, among Class ABC. Well, luckily for them, both ABC and E are relatively small portion 
of the entire electorate because the majority, I think close to 60%, between 55 to 60%, I think, of our entire uh, electorate are class D, no? yung quote-unquote masa. And among the masa, the drop was not as significant. Kaya nga, it's 11, 15, or 11 to 15%, not 20%, 25%. No? Kasi kung tinignan mo lang E lang or ABC, lampas na sa 20% yung drop ni BBM, which would have been crazy in historical terms. Uh, so, siguro ibang episode na uh, analyze natin bakit dun sa D hindi ganun ka-significant yung drop. We can have a separate discussion on that and next week actually interviewing din natin yung uh, my former colleague uh, Dr. Ronald Holmes uh, of course is the, the the boss there sa Pulse Asia. So, we will discuss Pulse Asia. We will discuss uh, the methodology behind it. We'll discuss the science uh, behind it, the rand- what is random sampling, how do you make sure, eh, kasi hindi census po ang, 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 ang mga surveys na yan, di ba? <laughs> You're not supposed to survey 180, 108 million Filipinos, right? Uh, these are random sampling, representative samples ang dapat hanapin mo. So we'll discuss the science behind, the sci- may mga nagluluto. We'll discuss the science behind uh, surveys. Now, speaking of surveys, and speaking of science, speaking of education and public education, interestingly, narinig ko ngayon na biglang uh, ano ha, medyo yung iba kasama natin dyan, yung mga influencers, mga thought leaders, medyo sobrang excited na gumamit ng Pulse Asia ngayon, ba? Wow talaga, if I'm not mistaken, these are the very people that last year actually yeah, not long ago, we're bashing Pulse Asia and questioning its integrity and and regurgitating all sorts of salacious, libelous, nonsensical stuff against Ronald Holmes and our friends in Pulse Asia. Again, you can disagree with Pulse Asia, but provide us a scientific counter-argument. But ibang usapan na pag medyo libelous and salacious na. Diba? Buti nga mabait sila Ronald. Eh. Hindi sila lumaban na the way they could have. At I'm still waiting for public apology from some of these self-proclaimed intellectuals and charlatans out there who are super happy now to quote and cite uh, Pulse Asia when not long ago they were, they were bashing Pulse Asia and questioning its credibility. Of course, now, dahil ang laki ng, baba, ng, ano, ng baksak sa numbers ni BBM and Sara, especially kay BBM, tuwan-tuwa sila bigla at sisite nila yung Pulse Asia. Now, obviously, alam ko anong isispin nila dyan, no, if we had, I know, I know what they're gonna say, but the point is konting self-awareness naman dyan. At sana naman mag-apologize yung iba dyan kay Ronald Holmes at saka yung mga tao na matino dyan sa Pulse Asia. Konting respeto naman, ba? Anyway, um, hindi kasi, hindi pwede kasi ganito eh, ba? Na, na, isi-side mo lang yung survey pag it serves your purpose and ibabash mo yung buong hindi lang survey, the whole agency behind it, questions integrity, well, it's not going your way. Hindi naman pwedeng ganon. Now, if you have alternative surveys na more reliable and, and you know, it shows a very different picture than yung bang usapan But anyway, don't worry about it. We'll discuss the science behind surveys, especially Pulse Asia quality surveys. Hindi yung mga ibang kunyari survey agency para alam natin, consultants agency lang. Hindi yung mga ganun, ha? Hindi yung mga operator ha, para chick types. Legit, no? So actually, if you look at the really two established ones, it's SWS and Pulse Asia. So, si Sir Mangar Mahangas naman, si Dr. Mangas naman is a very good friend of ours. We're together, columnist at the Philippine Daily Inquirer. I'm hoping to have more conversations with him. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm thinking, in the meantime, kasi Pulse Asia yung pinaka-prominent because they're consistently coming up with surveys right and left. Meron din pala survey on senatorial slate. Base dun sa nakita ko, mukhang si Erwin Tulfo. Isa na naman Tulfo ang number one. 
potentially topping the Senate race unless may isa pang Robin Hood Padilla naman ang lalabas katulad ni Robin Hood. But anyway, we will discuss that. All right, we'll discuss the survey soon. Don't worry about it. Balikan natin 'yan. Okay. Oh nga no. <laughs> Tuloy man nag-type ng dilawan, naging ano ha? Biglang naging ano, biglang na ano na kayo, na na-auto auto auto sensor yata kayo ng Facebook ha. Then Guys, Brazilian! Ano ba naman kayo? Brazil! Neymar! Fiesta Festival! Yan. Brazil tayo guys. Brazil tayo ngayon. Sporty sana tayo. Bigyan, naalala ko bukas pala pwede natin pag-usapan yung Asia Games. Pat tinamad na ako palitan ito. Sige, atake niyo ako ng ano. Pero ito naman, kulay naman nila Sarah. Diba? Nung election yung green. Oh, Diba? Diba? Yan. Okay, okay, okay. Ito, ito. Tabalikan natin ito. Okay. So I think what what's really interesting here is not only what the surveys said but what was said about the surveys by the people who had the highest stake when it comes to survey right essentially the most uh, important the highest uh, you know the highest elected officials of the land now before we go that before going to Mixubiri and then going to BBM and then going to Sara Duterte Pag-usapan muna natin mga kamets, no? Mga kamets. Mga kahays. Pag-usapan muna natin itong uh, isa pang survey na hindi ko pinakita. So actually, tatlong survey na lumabas over the over the week. Talagang, ano ha, bibo talaga itong Pulse Asia. Wait, one second lang ha. Okay. So ito pa yung isa na hindi natin na-discuss last time. Okay. Uh, so ito pa yung urgency, no? Yung mga issues by urgency at saka yung approval. So katulad ng sinabi natin, by far, ang issue po ng inflation ay pinakamahalaga sa ating mga mamamayan. 70 plus percent, I think 77, 79 percent, ang taas, 74% sorry, 74% ay sabi na pinakamahalaga sa kanilisya ng inflation, followed by significant lower, followed by wages, followed by employment, and then medyo malayo na yung iba yung corruption, etc. Katulad ng sinabi natin noon. Corruption is not as big as an issue for voters as it was before. I'm not saying it's, unimp- it's not important to voters, but there are levels to this. No. Now, pag tinignan mo dito, case-by-case basis, medyo, kung ikaw si BBM, hindi ka matuwa. Diba? Uh, because on many of the issues actually, nagkaroon ng... Uh, well, either not significant yung improvement, or even nagkaroon ng reversals. But the, really the more, most important one here is controlling inflation. So kung titingnan nyo sa baba, 31% lang nag approve dun sa management of inflation by the president or by the administration. And to consider more than 7 out of 10 Filipinos consider controlling inflation as the most important issue. Okay? So only 31% say that tama yung pag-handle sa inflation issue. Again, we had a separate discussion. I had an article when I explained, in fairness, may mga reason na tumaas pa yung presyo ng bigas or pataas pa rin yung inflation uh, sa food inflation because of international market events. But ginamit na kasing reason na yun last year dun sa Ukraine conflict. So you cannot keep on you know, blaming international factors. And of course, there's a domestic factor that we'll also explain shortly. 27% lang. So barely, one out of five Filipinos said approve nila how the government is handling the inflation issue right so more people are disapproving i sorry yeah sorry more people i sorry more 
The approving is 31%, sorry. Disapproval is 42%, sorry. Okay, 42%. Yan kasi, na sobra ng kape. <laughs> Disapproval is 42%, approval is 31%, undecided is 27%. So that gives you a net negative 11%, right? Approval on the most important issue by more than 70%, right? So for more than, again, uh, for more than 70% of the Filipino voters, inflation is a top issue. And then when people were asked, kung approve niyo yung ginagawa ng gobyerno, 31% said yes, that's, that's less than the third, but 42% said no, so that gives you a negative 11% net approval on the most important issue to the voters by far. Interestingly, mukhang... Uh, there's a different table there that actually shows comparison to the previous quarter. Mukhang nag-improve pa yung score ng administration on dealing with corruption. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure how. Siguro dahil yung Maharlika Fund medyo inayos. I, I don't know. Kaya nga sometimes I'm saying like you have to really interrogate qualitatively itong mga surveys na ito. No? Uh, and these are legit surveys. But numbers have to be qualified. So yung mga nagsasabi na numbers speak for themselves. Well, actually, no. Numbers have to be put into a certain context. Diba? Kasi kung sabihin mo, ang galing ng bansang to, 10% yung growth niya, and then you forget to say, 10% ng growth niya this year kasi negative 20% yung growth niya last year. If you don't put it in the context, then wala rin. Diba? So numbers alone don't say anything. You have to put them into a certain context. Right? Now, so, so if you're BBM, you're looking at it, like, okay, we have good net approval on many other issues. In fact, Personally, alam niyo naman stance ko, I think the president has done a pretty good job on dealing with West Philippines issue and foreign policy compared at least kay Digong. And in fairness, this, this is the very interesting thing. Huh? Even if CBBM si adopted a more humane, uh, modern, uh, um, uh, non-bara-bara approach dun sa drug war, sa criminality, ang taas pa rin yung kanyang net approval rating. No? So kung titignan mo, Isa sa mga pinakamataas na approval sa kanya, yung mga galing sa mga OFWs natin. No surprise, marami sa kanila yung mga followers natin, di ba? Mga ka-BBMs! Yan. Um, and then of course, dun sa... Ito, ito, ito. Ang taas din ang kanyang score sa fighting criminality and also promoting peace. Ang taas, oh. Plus 62, plus 50. Ang taas. Ang taas niya. So, so even if hindi siya kasing bara-bara style ng digong, Mataas pa rin approval sa kanya. Pero dito talaga, yung dun sa pinakamahalagang issue which is controlling inflation, dito na da. But, what's interesting is the response that President Marcos Jr. gave. The response that President Marcos Jr. gave was was this. Naintindihan ko kayo. It's completely normal. Hindi daw siya surprised. I understand. Sabi na, naintindihan ko bakit hindi natuwa ang tao. Uh, overall, dahil dun sa mga pinakamahalagang issue, especially itong inflation and all, things are not moving in the right direction. So this is the very interesting thing. Huh? So when faced with a not so you know, inspiring survey, not devastating because it still has 60 plus percent approval rating. I mean, but still, it's the trend line, diba? Despite the fact that he was faced by something like that, ang res- tignan nyo naman response. Ang response ni Paolo uh, Marco Jr., I-, I want to actually use sana itong video kaso magkakaroon tayo ng problema pa mo baka masira yung copyright issue natin anyway so the president essentially said let me use the exact quote but I'll, I'll post the link sa baba mga kameta don't worry about it ipopost natin sa baba yung link para makita niya exact uh, the whole speech given by the president so you see how the president um, you know 
somber uh and and you know it, it, it was very clear that he's he's absorbing the moment he's, he's understanding what's what message uh and yung mensahe na na sinisend sa kanya ng ating kabayan ito yung sinabi niya not surprising no at sabi niya he completely understands bakit hindi na natuwa ng tao so ito yung ano diba so this is the kind of response that we saw from BBM now more than that interestingly kadalo ng pinag-usapan natin ni paring Ronald Diamas Capon President Marcos Jr. also moved on multiple fronts so one of the things that President Marcos Jr. did was ayan nagsampan na sila ng kaso so Instead of going down the same road as Lasser to say, hindi dahil yan sa international markets, dahil yan sa mga export controls na imposed ng India, etc. Okay, actually, that's factually correct, no? But he didn't go na down that road eh, kasi alam niya hindi gagana yung mga ganitong explanation, no matter how valid they are, right? Um, instead, what he did was go on the offensive and eto, nag-name na sila ng smugglers and hoarders. So, he, he, yeah, so, so President Marcos Jr. right now is taking the advice of Mick Zubiri because see si Senator Mick Zubiri bumabarin yung numbers niya I think from around 57 to 50% so sabi niya nako lahat na tayo sinisisi na sa gobyerno ayusin natin yan so sabi niya crack the whip na so medyo ano na medyo tapang style na tayo so yun yung advice na kay President Marcos Jr. so President Marcos Jr. has responded accordingly he felt the the ano the call of the moment and now uh eto na nagsampan na sila ng kaso laban sa mga alleged hoarders no and smugglers who have been artificially keeping the price very very high so Ferdinand Marcos Jr on Wednesday named folks uh, I mean number of individuals and uh, institutions involved in allegedly manipulating the rice situations in local markets so Marcos identified these groups during his speech uh, sa isang rice distribution event sa Taguig City, no? San Pedro Warehouse, Blue Sakora Agri Grain Corporation, FS Ostia Rice Mill, Gold Rice Mill. Yan. So, ito yung mga pinangalan nila. Again, this is alleged. So, we, we have to still see what will be the investigations and saan ba mapunta ito. So, the government has slapped them with complaints in violation of the Custom Modernization and Tariff Act, the Rice Tarification Law, and the Agricultural Smuggling Act of 2016 Republic Act number 10845 no ayon sa ating presidente they will face multiple charges for their wrongdoing sila ay kasalukuyan haharap sa patong-patong ng mga kaso dahil sa kanilang mga ginawa okay so the president is cracking the whip so medyo tapang mode na si BBM na ngayon diba? i mean this is the thing eh we, 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 hindi natin kailangan tapang na bara-bara tatay style but we need some sort of decisive measure against people who are really abusing the system at the expense of the Filipino people and at the expense of the welfare of our nation so good move, good move maganda yan isa pa, there, there are also now uh, discussions that well, tinanggal na rin yung rice cap uh, price cap, sorry, price cap rice price cap dahil hindi talaga kakana yan uh, binash-bash yan ng mga economists uh, Many, many economists uh, Correctly question whether these things are work Medyo mga Soviet Union style na yan Maybe in some emergency situations, yes But Katulad nga sinabi ni Balisakan If you really want to deal with the price problem You have to deal with the supply issue And kasama then of course Is also deal with the hoarders and manipulators of supply no? So the price cap Hindi talaga siya gumana 
at it, it doesn't economically make sense and marami mga business groups ang nainis dyan. So, tinatanggal din yan. So, we see adjustment. But the other one is there are increasingly suggestions that President Marco Jr. may soon appoint a new uh, agriculture secretary. But the name that is coming out has been met by, put it nicely, um, mixed reactions. Um... So hindi na uh, so kanina tinanggi ng Malacañang yung mga reports sa billionaire.com natin. Um so we're still waiting for, you know, uh blue chip uh, you know media to 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 report on this. But uh, ayon sa Malacañang, they would not confirm reports that President Marcos is eyeing fishing tycoon Francisco Tiu Laurel Jr. Related ba ito dun sa isang ano? Yung ano. <laughs> okay. So, not confirmed. Sabi ni Communication Secretary Cheloy Garafil. But some people told Billionaire.com that Laurel, who owns the Frabel group of companies, supposedly has the qualities Marcus has been looking for in a DA chief. I don't know. Some people will debate about that. Uh, kasi, honestly, I'd rather have someone like Arsenio Balisakan, who actually has a background sa agriculture economics and someone who has a background at the highest level of government multiple times uh, and someone who has dealt with agriculture issue including from his home province of Ilocos Norte uh, you can check my interview my long interview with him last year when I was with JMA Network back then uh, about his background his policies etc before his assumption uh, right as he was about to transition into the new NEDA secretary under the Marcos Jr. administration man. Or, actually, to be even more interesting about it, why not even, you know, people like Francis Pangilinan? Why not someone like him, diba? Uh, after all, uh, if you look at uh, Senator Pangilinan, he's someone who had an experience in dealing with uh, agriculture issues in the early years of the Aquino administration. He was uh, involved in agriculture issues as the as a senator of the republic. He was active on issues that had to do with uh, uh, food security. And, and in fairness to him... Um, Diba? So, ito ah. Presidential Assistant for Food Security. Diba? Yun yata yung position niya nun, diba? Oh, so, he worked in the Aquino administration in executive position as, as, uh, yeah. Secretary, uh, ito ah, lalabas na ito. Oh, so, so, he worked in the Department of Agriculture. I'm trying out to bring out the exact title, etc. Oh, oh. Uh, so he was involved dun sa food security and agriculture modernization issues although of course ito yung mga malala- malalim na problema ito eh. so you cannot do it in a few years of course he was back in the senate uh, but when he ran for the vice president's position uh, you know uh, senator pangilinan uh, was very much someone who focused dun sa sa welfare ng ating mga magsasaka sa issue ng mga magsasaka and if, in fact if you go to his uh, personal page if you look at his policy platform during election last year, super active siya. And and my sense is, in fairness naman, I mean, uh, I, I need to properly talk to him, etc. But my sense is, is, is quite a smart person who understands the basics and what's needed there. And katulad ng sinabi namin the other day uh, with uh, with parang Ronald Diamas, birthday boy Ronald Diamas, um, it also makes political sense to have someone from the other side in your administration because once you create what I call a grand coalition, you change the narrative, you change the conversation, you signal 
uh, your willingness to go across the aisle, to move across the political spectrum, uh, to pierce through partisanship, and uh, look for the best people who can serve the country. And and in theory, at, at the very in theory, I think someone like Francis Pangilinan would have been uh, a very interesting choice, no? Uh, as an agriculture secretary. I mean, he's someone who has been a senator for quite some time. He has his gravitas. Hindi ko alam pa lang, tangkat pa lang niya, no? <laughs> Kasi, nung uh, isang month na uh, we bump into each other, medyo matangkat pala siya, no? I mean, in fairness, may, may dating, di ba? Tsaka matalino, di ba? So, I don't know. For me, it would have been interesting. Perhaps even more interesting than having someone like Maros in the cabinet. I mean, I, I said that Maros, DTI secretary, even as foreign secretary, could make sense. But even more sensible, perhaps, if, if BBM is going to go down that road, even more sensible would be appointing someone like Francis Pangilinan. So, yun lang. Kasi, pag inappoint mo si Francis Pangilinan, it signals two things immediately. Uh, you're willing to pierce through parties and divides and fault lines uh, and reach out even to your opponents and rivals in the past. And at the same time, you're putting merit before connections and sino sumuporta sa nung election time at least as i said on paper at least uh Francis Pangilinan in in my opinion has the merit diba uh to to um to take up a position a difficult position like that because the thing with the department of agriculture is that hindi lang siya no eh hindi lang siyang talino eh kailangan mo rin ng political will no kailangan mo rin ng political capital kailangan mo ng gravitas but obviously Ang problema naman ngayon is, medyo malapit ng 2025 election and I won't be surprised that um, Senator Kiko is perhaps looking at going back to the Senate. No, Although, we can have a different conversation. Nung tinignan ko naman yung surveys, I'm not sure how sure shot it would be pag tumakbo ulit siya sa Senate. No? It, it would be a tough fight. So, kasi ang medyo pangit tignan, if, if papasok siya ngayon, again, this is very hypothetical, papasok siya ngayon, and wala pang one year, mag-resign siya, tatakpo siya ang senador. Ano yung parang revolving door lang. So I don't think that's gonna look good, no? If ever. I mean, again, I doubt this will happen. But if ever it goes down that road, parang weird. And kaya nga, I'm also hoping that Gibo doesn't run for Senate. Kasi una-una, kung tignan mo yung surveys, alanganin siya eh. He's barely in the top 20 dun sa surveys na kita ko. And I think he's a good guy to be in the Department of Defense. Baka pwede siya tumakpo sa 2028 na lang. Uh, I think it will be great for him to serve at the highest level in the cabinet for something very important for the West Philippines, etc. And natatak po siya later. So ako naman, if Kiko doesn't have a plan to run for Senate again in 2025 or things are looking a little bit tricky, uh, I think he should be open to becoming Department of Agriculture Secretary. Now, is, is BBM offering him that? I, I, I'm not sure. I don't think so, right? Kasi nga, pinag-usapan natin earlier this year, kasama natin si Lasherda, no? Na I said, you know, on the spot, you know, on air, tinanong ko, because, you know, he knows more of us. There, is there an offer to Mar for any position? DTI or DFA? Sabi niya, wala. Base sa alam niya. So, I don't know, siguro mga marites lang yan. But again, we're, we're, we're discussing this from a political strategy point of view. No? From, from, I think from a political strategy point of view, it would be very sensible to seriously consider someone like Francis Pangilinan as a Department of Agriculture. It sends the right message. It, 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 it also could be arguably a very merit-based kind of appointment considering that the Department of Agriculture is not only about economics background, it's also about political capital and gravitas. But also, more important, it changes the narrative. So politically, it also makes sense for for BBM. Oh, yung mga nag uh, yung mga nagda-troll sa atin diyan. Okay? I'm sorry. Francis Pagilinan has a far better track record, you know, than than a lot of I don't know. 
um, tycoons or businessmen who may be, you know, in consideration for some top top cabin position, to be honest about it. Okay. All right. Now, <laughs> finally, na set up na natin yung discussion. Lahat yan ay ano lang, prologue lang po yan. Now, let's go to the discussion proper. Now, of course, for me, what really was interesting to me, it was how the contrast between how Marcos Jr. responded to the criticisms or rather to the to the message that the service were sending, which is, hindi po kami natutuwa sa management ng inflation, sobrang laki yung, ano, yung, yung baksak ng numbers na overall, particularly among Class E Filipinos and also ABC Filipinos. Uh, more than 20% in both classes. Yun lang. Swerte lang siya na class D na pinaka, ang pinakamalaki uh, at hindi yun ang ano eh, steady pa rin numbers niya relatively. No? Um, the thing is, again, you see Marco Jr. took the signal in a constructive manner. No? Sabi niya, I hear you and I'm gonna do something about this. I'm not gonna take it against you. I'm gonna do something about this. Let's look at what policies we can do. Let's look at uh, what uh, potentially someone else who could be instead of me in the Department of Agriculture. And of course, the other thing I didn't mention is mas maganda rin for BBM not to be the Department of Agriculture Secretary because he's going to be directly blamed, right? Hindi lang as a president, but as the Department of Agriculture Secretary. Right? So so when you put all of these things into consideration, it looks like at this markers in principles accepting that something has to be done. We have to go after the hoarders. We have to look at a new Agriculture Secretary. Forget about the rice price cap. We have to do something about it. So yun. Now, contrast that, dito sa response ni Sara Duterte, dun sa mga kritisismo laban sa kanya, particularly over the confidential fund issue. Now, just to be fair, let's look at the full context of what the vice president said. No, Let's look at the full context, right? Okay, so because words like insidious motivations, things like kalaban ng bayan, yung mga ganyan na nagamit. No? So, let's be fair and let's look at the full context of the code. So let's look at the full code and then the full context of the code, right? Oh, di ba? Mabait tayo kahit nakadilaw ako. Kahit naka-Brazil tayo. Neymar. Yan, mga ay ayoko nang pala kay Neymar kasi ano siya, eh, pro Bolsonaro. <laughs> Walang iya. Um, ito ah, ito ito. Ilabas natin 'yan. Oh, para makita niyo on your own, di ba? Fair naman tayo mga comments. I just wanted you guys to see the contrast, no? The contrast in terms of responses. And Keep in mind, mas malaki pa yung baksakin number ng isa kaysa dito. So, Vice President Sara Duterte and our Department of Agriculture Secretary. Uh, by the way, uh, of course, nakalimutan ko sabihin. Happy Teacher's Day. Of course, I'm I'm very proud. Uh, you know that that you know I come from a family of teachers. My mom is a teacher. I'm a teacher. I've had the pleasure of teaching. You know, in in in, in the leading universities in the country. I've had many many great students that I'm happy about. Uh, my mom passed away here and there, but you know, <laughs> I'm super happy. Uh, so yeah, happy to my fellow teachers and to professors and academics out there. It's it's a thankless and difficult job. Now speaking of our Department of Agriculture Secretary, I, I, I don't know about her experience as a guru. Has, has, has she ever taught? Uh, anyway, sabi niya, um, yung, uh, okay, so dinefend niya yung kanyang proposed confidential funds for security uh, saying that anyone who attacks the funds has, quote, insidious motivations. During the 122nd Police Service Anniversary of Philippine National Police Regional Office 13, Duterte said on Wednesday that confidential funds play a role in security. Oh, ito ah, kunin ko yung exact quote ah. Oh, ano tayo dito? Legit tayo dito. Hindi tayo katulad ng mga... 
mga experts sa structuralism. Mga nilelecture tayo based on Wikipedia copy-paste. Yung mga hindi pa nag-basics dyan. <laughs> eh, ito, ito, ito. Okay, okay, ito. Ito yung quote ni Sarah. Quote ni Sarah. Vice President. Okay. Sabi niya, oh, ito, 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 ito. Sabi niya, anyone who attacks or undermines funds allocated for peace and order is naturally This is important, no? Is naturally assumed to have insidious motivations. That's interesting. <laughs> Don't worry, okay. We will break this down. Let's just read it as it is. Anyone who attacks or undermines funds allocated for peace and order is naturally assumed to have insidious motivations. Such actions go against the protection and well-being of our citizenry. Those who seek to compromise the security and development of our nation jeopardize the very fabric of our society and hinder our progress. Okay, so very tatay digong ang dating dito, okay? Ito ah, mas interesting pa itong second part na ito eh. Okay, very tayo ah. Again, we'll put the full quote here and then you read it on your own. And then we're gonna analyze it, okay? So again, keep in mind, what did BBM say when he was crit- uh, when he saw service? Sabi niya, I understand. I'm not surprised. Okay, then he, let's do something about it. Siguro ang basa niya is may kinalaman yung criticism sa confidential phone dun sa declining numbers. So, ito, ito yung sinabi. Okay, baba na natin dito. Oh, ito, ito. Ito, ito. <laughs> Makinig kayo sa lahat ng sinasabi sa palibot nyo at tandaan nyo kung sino man kumukontra sa confidential funds ay kumukontra sa kapayapaan. Kung sino ang kumukontra sa kapayapaan ay kalaban ng bayan. Those are very strong words. Kalaban ng bayan. Okay? That, that's very, very short. <laughs> Medyo next level yan. Okay? Now, let's break this down. Let's break it break this down. Okay? Okay, let's break this down. First of all, you can see iba yung approach. Eh. Riba, riba? So, Uniteam, supposedly both of them come from similar ideological background, but you can see they're very actually different. No, uh, Both of them saw double-digit declines, even more in the case of BBM. BBM as the president, the more powerful person, the commander-in-chief of the nation. Response niya, kalma lang, we get the message, we'll respond. Dito immediately, tingnan what happened here. A- Immediately, the confidential issue was turned in... So, okay. Immediately, what we see here is... Ang tinatawag namin dito sa social sciences is securitization. Right? So, you immediately you make it a matter of national security. Right? A matter of national security. And we know, by nature, when you turn an issue in a matter of national security, automatically, that's gonna affect the parameters for pluralistic debate. Sa madaling salita, pag pinasok mo yung usap, usapin national security, parang ang hirap kumontra, di ba? Kasi automatically, ang mangyari dyan is makusa ka na kalaban ka ng bayan, di ba? So the terms of the debate suddenly are a dif- different level. The second thing we have to... So first is the, the instinct to immediately securitize the issue. This is very digong. This is a very digong approach, right? We see... You don't see that with Marcos Jr., right? At least comparatively. Considering that Marco Jr. actually is the president, is dealing with some serious national security issues, is dealing with serious threats to West Philippine Sea. Alright? 
Hindi yan trabaho ng DepEd. Okay? So one is the immediate instinct, almost automatic instinct to securitize an issue. And second is, diba? And second is, to jump into, so parang immediately inassume mo na na yung mga nagkikriticize sa confidential fund ay kinikriticize yan dahil ayon nila ng peace and order, that's quite a leap. So anyone who knows how to do basic analysis, no? Logical analysis, no? Uh, textual analysis, contextual analysis, may kita niya na parang may, may, ano, may mga leaps, may leaps dito. Anyone with some basic background in debate would know that that's quite a leap. Kasi, it's very possible that you're attacking the confidential fund not because you're against peace and security, but precisely because you are for the most efficient way of dealing with peace and security. I.e., you want the confidential fund to go to the agencies which by nature are designed to deal with national security issue. Case in point, kung may problema tayo sa West Philippines, pinag-usapan natin dyan ang ating sandatan lakas, ang Philippine Coast Guard, NICA, Intelligence Gathering, etc. Right? So it's very possible that criticize mo yung confidential fund precisely because you want confidential funds to be only for agencies which are by nature designed to deal with national security issue. Right? So that's a, that's a logical leap to assume that just because you're criticizing the confidential fund of, let's say, DepEd, you're against national security. And the third level is that completely dismissive itong mga sinasabi dito dun sa mga sinasabi ng katulad nila Senator Rizzo Ontiveros among others among many others to put it mildly na nagsabi wait lang actually hindi lang concern dito yung uh, whether the confidential fund for DepEd makes sense from a national security standpoint because after all di ba sabi nila digong nung panon nila na paubos na yung NPA o wala na pala yung NPA so bakit kailangan ng DepEd na malaking confidential fund but remember the also concern here is transparency, right? So, a lot of criticism here is, A, is DepEd really the best agency to handle national security-related matters uh, and therefore to have such a large confidential fund? And, pangalawa, uh, is the issue of transparency, right? The issue of transparency, right? Because, ang dali na lahat na lang gawin natin confidential fund para wala nang tanong, di ba? So, so that's this is the concern we see here. Now there is a degree of dismissiveness here. Now to be fair, I think we have to watch the whole speech to see the full context. But nevertheless, yun nga, nakita natin na paulit-ulit itong ganitong tendency niyan. Again, let's just be fair. Again, let's look at the other things that President, uh, Vice President Sara Duterte said. So Vice President Sara Duterte so top, uh, also touted the DepEd's membership in the Anti-Terrorist Council, uh, yung uh, NTF, LCAC, etc. O tanong yung MMF. Uh, sabi niya, let us uh, recognize the vital role of confidential funds in ensuring the security and development of our nation. We must prioritize peace and order alongside education as they are foundation of a prosperous society. Okay, again, so so she made this very strong argument that DepEd my role in national security. And she reminded everyone that she was anti-terrorist council. Okay, I get it. But I think this is where na may kulang eh. What about yung argument na sana dapat binigay na lang ito more sa issues related to West Philippines, which is what the Congress is moving towards under Speaker Romualdez. And pangalawa, why the confidential fund has to be this large, right? Uh, when apparently, paubos na NPA. And it's not like NPA is recruiting 4-year-old kids or 8-year-old kids or 12-year-old kids, right? They're, they're, 
their you know realm of activity traditionally is in universities, right? So yun lang. So I feel masyadong dismissive and masyadong securitized yung ganyan response. And again, this is where you see differences in temperament and approach. And this is where you can clearly see there is a continuity between the father and daughter. They have a tendency to immediately uh, or to instinctively treat uh, issues in a securitized way. So yun yung difference nakita natin. I, I just felt it's worth looking at it. So again, ha, dun sa mga fans natin dyan, na sabi, oh, out of context. Literally, I'm putting the quote there and I'm literally analyzing to what's, what's the big picture here. A, the tendency to automatically securitize issue and B, we see a degree of dismissiveness towards other concerns about confidential funds. Whether it's best for DEPET to have it, whether DEPET should have such a big confidential fund and whether it would not be better if we give it to other agencies na may kinalaman talaga sa national security in West Philippines and also the issue of transparency. Like, alam nga naman lahat na lang gawin natin confidential fund para wala nang usapan. And of course, I didn't even talk about the technical issues that was raised by uh, Congressman Lagman among others which is, and dun nga si Stella Kimbo na Stella, di ba? Which is, wait lang, bakit may allocation eh wala namin na originally dun sa line items dun sa budget. So, there are also technicality issues with whether the procedures for uh, general appropriations act, etc. Were, were followed, right? So, yung God, di ba? So, I just don't see any response to any of those issues, right? I, I just see dismissiveness. And I just see like, oh, pag criticize mo yung confidential fundament, ayaw mo sa peace and order. Like, hindi eh. <laughs> Maraming mga nag-criticize them for other reasons. Now, um, I'm not saying all criticisms are coming from a good place. Of course, there's some people who just don't like her or don't want to do it there and they're criticizing her for the criticism. Of course. Uh, but to dismiss all criticism as having insidious uh, motivations or jumping the words like kalaban and bayan, I don't know. That's quite a leap for me, to put it mildly. To put it mildly, no? So ako, ang advice ko lang naman dito is, um, it always helps, you know, if you show leadership, after all, you're the second highest elected office, uh, you know, official in the land, just come out and say, Hindi, ito kasi yung ginagawa namin, ito po yung challenge sa DepEd, ito po yung problema sa recruitment. Hindi lang yung generic eh. Dapat medyo more, more concrete eh. Evidence-based. I-explain no. Yes, DepEd, hindi po siya nika. Yes, mahalaging West Philippines is so yeah, you accept. Just like what BBM said, like, naintindihan ko, ganito. Uh, hindi ako surprised. So, dapat sana ganon. And then from there, you work it from there. no? And then from there, you say, okay, ganito kasi Kailangan namin tayong ganyan kalaking fund kasi ganito kalaki yung mga... You know, you go out there and explain. Not your USEC, not your ASEC, not your spokesperson, not your blog... Whatever. Wala naman bloggers mukha. You yourself, you go out there and explain it sa taong bayan, no? Nicely. And doon naman sa issues ng transparency, again, you explain the law, you explain the context, you explain the intentions, etc. But at the same time, you... Baka moot and academic na to dahil may moves na sa Congress at sa, le- at sa ating legislatura na talagang hindi na magbigay ng confidential fund uh, siguro sa DepEd next year at ibibigay na ito sa, sa mga West Philippines related agencies like Philippine Coast Guard and mga others na napakaliit, di ba? Napakaliit yung kanilang confidential funds. No? Of course, they have other funds but if you're gonna but if there's if, if, if you're really gonna focus on national security the first thing that comes to your mind is not DepEd. The second thing that comes to your mind is not DepEd. The seventh thing that comes to your mind is not DepEd. I can easily talk about all different agencies in government that need that fund. Philippine Coast Guard, Philippine Navy, NICA, PNP. I can go on and on about that, right? So, yun lang. 
I, so we're not saying there's no problem when it comes to national security, when it comes to debt, and, um, and perhaps in theory, it makes sense for them to have fun, but should it be this large, etc. So yung mga ganin bagay, so sana lang ma-explain na mabuti. Now, I know na si Gibo, <laughs> Secretary Gibo, you know, was nice and said, yeah, may issue sila sa recruitment, etc. They need a fund. But this, ha- this has to come from the Vice President herself. Right? Not not from Erwin Tulfo, not from Stella Kimbo, not from Gibo Chudoro. It has to come from herself. Because President Marcos Jr. himself came out and explained, Gets ko, I understand, I'm not surprised, we're gonna do something about it. You see, that's what leaders do. Alright? That's how we approach it. On that note, thank you very much, mga kamets. Oh, ito ha, political strategy style tayo dyan. Hindi lang tayo facts. Hindi lang tayo analysis. Meron din tayo mga recommendations, policy recommendations. Again, you know, I, I have my stance on issues. And just because naka-yellow tayo, naka-Brazil tayo, wag naman ganun. Alright? Ang dami na tuluyang naman na... Parang pag nilagay mo word ng mga dilawan ganun, automatically na nasa-sensor na ngayon ng, ng Facebook. Ha? Okay, anyway, parang na-miss ko rin color na to. It's been a while since uh, nagdilaw tayo. But go ahead, sige lang. Bash na naman tayo. Alam niyo naman, tama ako eh. Tama naman talaga tayo eh. So, ganun talaga. <laughs> Alright, on that note, maraming salamat, kain na tayo, at I know you want to watch um, other things. Alright, on that note, thank you very much. Maraming salamat sa lahat ng mga sumusuporta sa atin. Bukas, pag-usapan naman natin something different. Break muna tayo sa politics. Pag-usapan naman natin ang basketball. Basketball, let's talk about it. For the gold, for the GOG Philippines. Sana naman mag-top G. Top G level na tayo bukas. Alright, on that note. Thank you very much, guys. God bless and talk to you soon. <laughs> Ayan tayo eh.